It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast. Me, Phil Kirkbride. Today I'm joined with a bit of a changed lineup. Tony Scott, a regular, still with us. But we're joined by Ian Doyle and our sports editor, Dave Prentice. Um, before we start, I just want to warn you, lads, please no throwing tables uh, and bringing the sport of podcasting into disrepute. <laughs> I'm going. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep it nice and clean. Um, on today's edition, we'll be trying to answer a couple of questions uh, that are some, from issues and topics that have brought up this week. We'll be looking at can we cope without Yannick Balassi? Obviously, the devastating news that his season is over, maybe more than a season. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about January. We'd banned it in the recent podcast, but which players will leave? How many will leave? We'll uh, we'll try and answer that question. We'll we'll ask the, we'll ask as well whether Watford on Saturday, the early kickoff, weather, and we're only in mid December. Whether that's an, a, a must-win game, and then we'll answer some uh, some questions at the end from uh, people who have come to us online. So we'll start. I'll start with you, Ian. Um, how can Everton cope without Yannick Balassi? Well, I think that. Basically, he's not played perhaps as much or as well as perhaps Everton fans were expecting. Certainly not as well as Ronald Koeman perhaps would have expected. So I don't necessarily think in terms of what he's been bringing the team, I don't think there's been enough opportunity for him to show what could be missed, if you see what I'm saying. In terms of the actual numbers, I think he will be missed because you know he has been a regular starter and he does provide something already a little bit different to what Morales or Delefeo or Lennon do. And he's obviously got the trust of the manager, so in that respect he'll be missed. But... And certainly Romelu Lukaku will miss him because he's he's already, you know, the pair of them seem to have hit it off straight away and you know they formed a bit of a partnership certainly off the field and on it as well. Will he be missed? Yeah. Can Everton replace him? As I say, I think it's been too early to suggest otherwise. Tony, well, Ian says he hasn't had much of an impact. One goal, four assists, the most crosses of any player in the Premier League this season. <laughs> I never actually said he didn't make much of an um, impact. <laughs> has he underplayed the significance of Balassi's impact so far? He has, Mr Zoyle has. For the first time, I'll disagree with Ian. <laughs> I think Yannick Balassi's got off to a really decent start. If you look at, I think we were looking at stats the other weekend. Him to Rom was the best um, assists and goals ratio. There was no one, no other better strike well partnership yeah. in the Premier League than them two. When I look at Yannick Balassi's performances in Everton shirts, whether he's having a good game or not, he will try to affect the game. Now, not many Everton players can do that. Now, I think we go back to the Sunderland game last week, a couple of weeks ago, where. Majority of the players were basically stinking the gaffer, wasn't he? But he was the one who was trying to make sure Everton had something in the locker, something to try and change the game. And he's done that continuously throughout the season. I thought he's really played well in big in big parts of the season. I'd be really missed. It's just for me a concern is that I don't think he'll come back anywhere near the same player he is. Preno, are you worried? Is that the right word? No, far from worried, but uh I mean, both got valid points there, but I'm edging more towards Doyley's point oh, of view. Because <laughs> I've not seen massive amounts from you. Okay, you said one goal and four assists, you know, which speaks for itself. But you equally see too many things that go wrong, you know, where he overruns the ball, where he, you know, gets his head down and goes down a blind alley. And 
He's physical. I think that's why Ronald Koeman brought him in. He wanted more muscularity, you know, so in that, you know, three, if you like, somebody that's going to, you know, get about the pitch and, uh, you know, press people as well as, you know, influence the game with a bit of positivity. And he's done that on occasions. I've just often been left thinking, yeah, you could do a bit more. Okay, Sunderland away, absolutely brilliant. You know, he's had a great night that night, but then doesn't follow it up particularly well. This time last year, the guy that was like making things happen and influencing things on the pitch was Gerard Delefeu. And again, it was with Lukaku. Um, they seemed to have this, you know, like rapport, you know, where he knew where Lukaku was going to go. He was either playing balls, you know, down the channels or getting wide and getting crosses in. And I'd like to see him given a bit of a run. What he doesn't have clearly is like Balassi's physicality and he doesn't press anywhere near as often uh, as Balassi does. But we've seen him try to introduce that into his game. Morales frustrates me because we know Morales can do it and we just don't see it yeah. often enough from him. So I think this is arguably Jerry's last chance saloon now. OK, you're going to get an opportunity now. You've got to take it. And I think he could be as equally effective as Balassi has been in the first few months. So, yeah, it's a blow, obviously, to lose you know, so a player from your squad. But I don't think it's a massive crushing blow just yet. Isn't that wingers, though? By definition, they do blow hot and cold. They're very inconsistent. And Everton have got four... Mm. Basically, old school wingers, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. And isn't and isn't Tony right that, that you know that is correct in terms of wingers blow hot and cold? You say, but isn't Tony right that Yannick in every game, whether say, he's, uh, is is always going to have a moment, whether it be five seconds yeah. or yeah. fifty we, minutes we were, where he is hot? We were at the Southampton game where Everton were yes. largely awful, and he in the second half he was the only one that was giving him a go. He, you know, some of his finishing, his crossing wasn't particularly brilliant, but he was the only one who yes. Southampton had any kind of danger from. So they will miss that. Mm. But as I say, he hasn't quite done but probably even... as much as you would have wanted him to by this stage. But then that's that's to be expected because he hasn't not long been at the club. And as you know, as, as Tony says, the worry now is not so much for Everton but for him as yeah, a player. You look, you look at his age, he's twenty eight, yeah. is he? And you know, as mm. Tony says, then you fear for a footballer of that age who has, you know, best part of a year out of the game, whether he can come back and recapture that explosiveness. Uh, you know, time will tell. But you know, does, does he have enough to his game otherwise? To because you know, players don't always have to rely on the pace. He doesn't. He's one of them that relies on like quick reaction and yeah. pressing and his pace, doesn't he? So that's where I don't know. I think when we played Manchester City, where he didn't have the best of game, did he? But just that touch, yeah. that freed for Ron, that yeah. bite, and next minute, that's what. That's how crucial he is to what for Everton Football Club. It's going to be a badness. So uh, at the top of the piece, we said we'd look at players who would leave in January, but then quickly. Tony and I'll come to Dave and, and Ian. The January, in terms of replacing Yannick, there was already an idea that we were going to go from Memphis to Pi to bolster that position in, in, in sort of view that we would lose Yannick for January for the Africa Cup of Nations. Now that we're going to be out without Yannick for the rest of the season, maybe longer, does Kuma does need to go and buy two wingers in January? He asked him because Morales and Delafeu haven't shown to me or the majority of Evertonians who we speak to after the game, nothing. Now, I look at them, they've got like three or four games left till the January window, now, haven't we, whatever it is, and have they got that amount of time to save their Everton careers? For me, I think it's gone. I think the two of them are going through the motions. You'll get one good game out of them in five or six. That's just simply not good enough. It's nowhere near consistent. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if not either, both of them, They'll be on the way. Do you not think that they might see this as a chance, though, to prove they can be still be there long term? And I know you're going to say that they've already had like two, three years. How long has Morales been there? Yeah. going to say he's, he's been there for years and he's yeah. had his chance. But do you not think they may see this as okay? As Preno said before, it is the last chance we've got to take this now. I, I think Kuma's made his mind up about them already because yeah. I think he wants players that will respond to his style of management. 
which is very, very different to the style of management that they had previously. Uh, Roberto Martinez got the best out of De La Feu and occasionally from Morales by putting mm. an arm around them, by bigging them up, by telling them they were phenomenal and they were wonderful. Mm. And that responded well you know, for those type of players. Kuhn was not that kind of manager, as he showed with Ross Barkley. He's a manager that gives it to you absolutely straight and if you're not going to respond, tough you on your way out. Yeah. And I think he's already decided that those two fall into that category, mm. that they're not going to respond to his style of management and we may be seeing the end of them. Maybe not in January because of the numbers, because you know, Everton need to have more numbers available, but you know, certainly in the medium term. Do you think that's the, one of the reasons why you're getting performances like that? Do you think them players know that Ronald Koeman's just basically has it with them? It could be, yeah. I mean, it, it, it worried me enormously the uh, last couple of games that the players didn't appear to be responding to the manager's motivation. It's almost like they they weren't doing what he wanted them to do. Okay, there were spells in the United game, you know, which was decent, but you know, the Swansea game was awful. The Southampton game was awful. Is that not indicative of? The mentality of some of those players, they felt that they could put on a reaction until the transfer window shut and then just start falling into bad habits. It could be, and if that is the case, you know, they're the kind of players that you don't want at Everton Football Club and you want players that are going to do it consistently, you know, no matter what the opposition or what the circumstances. And I think Koeman, he's only been there five minutes, he's still finding out about a lot of these players. Uh, and as he said himself, it's like a, he's talked about a three-year project. He's talked about you know the next two or three transfer windows. We clearly will see some activity in January, and it's going to be quite you know entertaining waiting to see what that is. Mm-hmm. But then equally, we're going to see plenty more next summer as well. I remember what we just mentioned then about having so many wingers. Do you think Depay is actually the kind of player Everton need right now? I think he's a bit frothy himself. He's a bit you know. Uh, like like a Morales, like a Delafayu, turns it in on on occasions, you know, in and out kind of player. Maybe you know he needs a run in the team or in a team to prove that that's not the case. Hopefully, you know I'll be proved very wrong on that. Can he be much worse than Morales and Delafayu? I do look at it on the flip sides of it, and I think if Delafayu or Morales maybe fancies to move in January, from now till January they're going to put on decent performances, won't they? Well, you think so. Well, that neatly brings us on to the second question we want to sort of discuss and, and try and tackle. Um, Doyle, you wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago about players going in the opposite direction in January and leaving the club yeah. and why that actually might be difficult to shift some of the quote deadwood, as people like to call it. Explain to us what your thinking was in that. Well, basically, I think Prenner just mentioned then that there aren't enough players. Everton don't have enough players in the squad of the standard that, that they need. If they start getting rid of these people who we know, maybe the likes of Delafeu and, and Morales, who aren't going to be there long-term in January, they're going to have to replace them immediately because they're still five months of the season to go. You can't just throw everybody out. And who's going to buy them anyway in January? <laughs> That's the other thing. You know, Historically, people mention that the January transfer window is not the easiest one in which to work. Well, if Everton are going to have trouble getting players in, then surely by definition they're then going to have trouble getting players out. It, it shocked me when I learned the other day Aidan McGeady is still paid by Everton. He's actually oh. only on loan at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> another well, that's what Coomer said when he first arrived and we had that little you know, one-to-one briefing with him uh, up at Finch Farm where he said Everton seemed to be collecting, what did he say, left-backs and wingers? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and clearly he's trying to you know, ship a few of them out. Tony, other than the obvious Umanias, would you believe that there's any, any players that would definitely believe it in January? I think there's a lot of fringe players, isn't there? You've got the likes of Mo Bessic, Darren Gibson, Aruna Kone... Plays like that, he's just nowhere near the squad, let alone the first team. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if they're shipped out. But as, as Ian touched on, who's going wanting to buy these? They're going to be getting paid handsomely off Everton. So championship clubs, as we've just seen with Aidan McGeady, if they can't afford them. Interesting you mentioned Aruna Kone there. He's back training, he's had a knee problem, but he's, well, by all intents and purposes, fit. 
would you keep him around? His contract runs out in the summer. Is he worth keeping around for the final five months? You know, in the hope that maybe he might be, he might be fit enough to play and and make an impact, even if it's in one game. Is it worth just just keeping faith with him for that long? It depends on who Ronald Koeman goes for in January. Doesn't it? If there's someone worthwhile out there who's going to be a lot better than than Kone, then even if you can get rid of him on loan, there's a lot of dead wood there. And it's mostly David Moyes' deadwood when you're looking at the back four, especially Art, and you've got a couple of Roberto Martinez signings. The signings that Ronald Koeman's made, I'm happy with. It's the deadwood that David Moyes' obviously is signings and then Roberto Martinez's. But on the Kone situation, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, and I'd be more than happy for him to the, go. The worry of the squad is old. I mean, it's mm. been made, that point's been made many times now, but I think it is at the second or third oldest you know, starting yeah. lineup in the Premier League. And so you are going to find it tough to shift players like that. You know, Darren Gibson never plays, so no one's you know, going to take a chance on that. Aruna Coney never plays, no one's going to want to take a chance on him. So I think you're effectively waiting until their contracts expire. So you might as well just keep them around. And, yeah, and I can't see any point in Jubin Coney in particular because I reckon if he's properly fit in the next couple of weeks, he may even be getting on the bench and getting some game time. But when he is fit, when he is fit, he's not, but that's he's not well, contributing he's not, at he's all. Not, is, but he? Is, he, is, he, is he better than Enna Valencia? Well, I disagree. And Valencia, Valencia showed a bit against United, didn't he? I mean, Kone has been a major disappointment throughout his entire yeah. Everton career. Whereas Valencia, we haven't seen enough of him. He's only started one game, isn't it, in Norwich? So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the occasional cameos, he's looked all right. He should have scored last week, to be fair, yeah. you know, with the header. But uh, we, we could see more from him. We don't know. Kone, though, no, it's just been a, a very, yeah. very poor signing. Uh, can we foresee a situation? How many players then, when we kick off next season in August? Of the starting eleven, how many will be purely Cumin signings? Would you suggest, or would you hope for eleven? Huh. Depends no, how deep his pockets are. It could be, it could be <laughs> as high as nine or ten. It could be, as, but then it could be as low as four or five. Actually, it won't be as low as four or five. Be way, no. way if you're going through the squad, there'll be a new goalkeeper. There'll be at least one new centre back. Baines has still got plenty of life left in him, but you know you need to think long term. So you could be seeing a left back coming in. You can go through that midfield. I mean, Gareth Barry, who I adore, by the way, mm. who's a top, top player, and he was brilliant against Man United last week, but he's 35, and you're not yeah. going to get much more out of him. So, again, you know, more midfield uh, you know, youth and energy is required. And then a striker, Lukaku, just walks into that team week after week after yeah. week, even when he's underperforming, because there's nobody else. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, the, the, that, that's five straight away, you yeah. know, before you even look around the fringes of the squad. Mm. Definitely. Speaking about form, and obviously... We'll all be hoping that Rom is, is back amongst the goals uh, on Saturday. Early kickoff, Ian, we're going down to Vicarage Road. It's not even middle of December, but is a trip to Watford a must-win game? It's not a must-win, but I think it's a don't-lose game. And I'm not saying that Everton should play for a draw, but I think that if they get beat there, the signs are going to be very poor, certainly to the supporters, given recent performances, not even so much recent results, it's the performances. In fact... I'll throw this back to, to Tony. If Everton put in a really good performance at Watford but lose 1 0, would you be more encouraged than perhaps drawing at home to Swansea? It's a tough one. I, yeah, I think the trouble is with Everton, they don't, they're not consistent in the performances, are they? So if they were to get a really good performance against Watford, regardless of the results, they need to do it against Arsenal and continue it. They don't seem to, they've done it for like two or three of the first games of the season, but over the last seven or eight games, it's been pretty boring, hasn't it? I'd take, I'd, I'm more interested in results, and I think Mark Cumin said that in his very first press conference, didn't he? I'm not interested in, we had all that with the previous manager about great performances, about results, and if Everton go down to Watford and play terrible, but get a 1-0, I'm happy. 
It's massively important because it's Arsenal and Liverpool next. Yeah. You know, so two teams that are absolutely flying and playing really well, and Everton aren't, which is why the result is more important to think mm. of the weekend, yeah. just to try and get some degree of confidence. Think back to the first like six weeks of the season, and Everton were playing with a bit of confidence. And as a result, we're getting results okay, admittedly against you know fairly mediocre opposition. Although Spurs on the opening day, you know, so you know, decent side. Ronald spoke to us yesterday, and we carried the quotes last night, and you can see them on the website this morning, where he he admitted that their early season form had perhaps given a false impression of where their aspirations were when they were second. Preno going into sort of early September, mid September, were you? Of the, of the group of people that believe, oh, actually, maybe Ronald is going to have an immediate impact in this team and we will oh, yeah. be top four. I, I was. I was very encouraged uh, because he was having an immediate impact. The results underlined that. And, you know, OK, the teams that Everton beat were the teams that you would expect them to beat. But equally, you know, there was a draw against Spurs, there was a draw at Man City, you know, so in amongst those results. But it just looked like the players were responding to what he was doing. You know, he had them playing a different style of football. Um, we still weren't seeing the high pressing that he keeps saying you know he wants to introduce and that seems to have fallen away the last few weeks. That's me worry that maybe it was that new manager syndrome for the first six or seven weeks yeah. and the players were responding to that. Now that they're more used to him, more comfortable around him, we're beginning to see a slight dropping off. Haven't actually seen you know the stats to suggest how, how much kilometres they've covered per game. Obviously he will be aware of them and he'll know. Every Monday morning yeah. they're dropping his exactly uh, yeah. Yeah. Who, who's putting it in and who isn't. I mean, Gareth Barry still covers more ground than anybody, yes. uh, which, which he's pointed you, out. Yeah, Ronald made a point of that, actually, funnily enough, the other week when we asked him about this. He made a point of saying, Gareth still covers the most ground. Now, is he saying that to try and, you know, underline to the others, hang on, you're being shown up here by a 35-year-old man, or is he just trying to, you know, give mm. Gareth Barry the credit that he deserves? It's an interesting moment. I think it's a bit of both, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But my, my worry is that the players are not responding as well, you know, to his motivational powers as they did earlier. Are on. the players good enough to do it, though, Dave? Whether well, they've got I the character, I, I don't think it's a question of ability. So I don't think if players are good enough, I think it's if it's mentality and character. If I was a professional athlete, I, if the manager told me that my, one of my biggest jobs was to press the defence and I should be covering X amount of kilometres per yeah. game, I would do it. Whether I can, you know. You know, hit a barn door or not, you know. Which we know you can't. Well, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, you, know. you can put it across the face of the barn. <laughs> yeah. I would, I, for me, that's not negotiable. The, the one that actually encapsulates this for me perfectly is Romelu Lukaku, who when he's up and he's at it, he is absolutely top class. He's as good as everything that you know, Ronald Koeman says he is. But then when he's going through the motions and he has those days, you know, where he's not really believing in himself and believing in what the team's doing, he looks like just a shadow. He might not as well be on there. And that kind of attitude needs to change, not just with him, because I like him a lot as a footballer, but clearly there's something, you know, psychologically wrong there that makes him not Diego Costa. You know, so Costa does it every single time he goes out on the pitch. And that kind of mindset seems to affect a few other players in that squad. The as difference well. in that, Dave, I think Costa knows that he's getting chances created for them five or six a game by Hazards and everyone else. I think Rom's unconvinced by the quality of play behind him. Yeah. I think that's Anson Tampa coming through. Yeah. Uh, quickly before we move on to questions, Doyle, we've got some quotes on the website from Lukaku, as we mentioned yeah. there, speaking about how Martinez, quote, has freed him from prison, so yes. to speak, and it's given credit to Roberto for. His upturn in international form. We were just discussing this between ourselves. On that point, do you think there's a conflict with what Rom's being told at international level and what Ronald's telling him to do at club level? And is that part of the problem? There will be, but he doesn't play very often at international level because they don't play international games, you know, a couple once every couple of months. But is Rom going, 
we've, we've won four from four from Belgium. We're scoring for fun. I'm then, a then, it goes, then it goes back to Tony's point. Who's playing for Belgium? Hazard. You know, there are better players around him, certainly attacking players mm. at, the, at the moment. In terms of his individual, what he's like as an individual, I don't really think it matters what manager mm. is his manager. That's Lukaku's game is, as Preno said, he can be hot and cold. And until he addresses that himself, he's old. I mean, how old is he? 23? Yeah. So he's still, he's still young. He's still young. So, you know, he still scores the goals. But the fact that we're talking about him in terms of his mentality, we're not asking whether he's good enough finishing goals. I mean, who's got more goals than him this season in the Premier League? Is it just Costa still? Is uh, Aguero? Is Aguero got more? But, yeah. but, yeah. You know, he's right up there. Yeah, yeah. he's right yeah. up there. For a team that we've just spoken yeah. about isn't playing particularly well. Yeah. So yeah. it's a bit harsh to, you know, quite often we talk about but It's because we know he can be that good. Yeah. And it just is a slightly annoying when he, he looks as he looks as though he's not putting in the effort, even though probably in his head he probably is. Mm. So the headline from this is Doyle Everton must sign De Bruyne. Is that, uh, is that yeah, 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 basically, yeah. Right, yeah okay. That would be nice. Yeah. 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 Do you want to touch on that, Phil? Yeah, yeah. You spoke about Roberto Martinez. I wondered if the upturn of his forms due to Thierry Henry you know, the could be as well. Could well be. Yeah, interesting point. Be interesting. And whether he's having the same effect on Morales when he goes away. Yeah, yeah. it'd be interesting to see. Uh, Doyle, we've got some questions from. Uh, from readers, do you want to? Uh, we do, uh, we do. We asked the readers on Facebook earlier today for some questions, and thankfully they all involved no swearing because we did request that. Uh, Terry Cannon is asking, do you think that we should be playing with a more attacking setup like four three three? He's saying that he feels that we're too defensive, almost like a Pulis approach, and it's not what us Blues wants to see. Tell me. I think Ronald Koeman has got to play this formation to get results. I think if he goes all out like we did with the previous manager, then we can sc- score three or four, but we'll also concede three or four. And that's the difference. I think Ronald Koeman's more defensive minded, but yeah, it's about results and he's always hard done about that. So this is why he goes with the four, two, three, one formation. Hopefully last week it showed that he can change it and he can rotate by going four, four, two, through Valencia up front, didn't he, for the last 20 minutes. And then he starts with Morales as well, pushing up further. So he can adjust to that, but I think as in starting matches, He's happy with being the, the formation that he's suited, suitable. Interesting. Uh, t- Terry mentions Tony Pulis there. On, on one of the early podcasts, I sort of stuck my neck out and kind of said, look, I agree with Terry, we don't want to play like West Brom. But I definitely feel that there's definitely an element of what Ronald's trying to do from building from the back with Everton now. And has gone, look, we have to sort out the defence first and build and build then go forward. Is a little bit like what Tony Pulis does with, with his teams. Look at what West Brom are playing very well at the minute. Six, you know, but say when you consider how bad they were against Everton earlier in exactly, the season, you know, that was before uh, the transfer. And look, yeah, yeah, and look yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I totally agree with Terry. We don't want to be that pragmatic to that to that degree uh, long term. But certainly, as Tony says, in the short term, I I think it's the way forward until he can get players in that he wants and the bright players. It's about results. It's about grinding things out. Do you know, touching on Tony Pulis there, Ian, do you think if West Brom adjusts to the way they play under Tony Pulis, they don't end up in sixth? They're not sixth at the moment, are they? If they go out and start attacking teams. Oh, no. That's because they haven't got the players, which perhaps is what, as Preno said before, this comes down to. Mm. Do Everton have the players that play the way that, you know, that Koeman wants? I think long term, I think we can guarantee that he wants to play three at the back. I mean, that's what he's done before in his career. Obviously, he tried it. At Chelsea, we know what happened there. <laughs> but um, I think that's what he would like to do long term. I'd like to see that myself. Uh, I'd like to see Mason Holgate used in that as well. Mm-hmm. Who, again, looked great for the 20 minutes he was on, admittedly playing right back. That was a great cross he put in from that position. Played well. Um, but 
that, that's long term. I think short term, no, we're not going to see a more expansive attacking approach because Everton need to get results on the board. Still in a reasonable position in the league, yeah, but you know, th- that, that could change very quickly, especially with the fixtures that are coming up. I think the, the buzzword from the last couple of weeks, and certainly on Sunday, was compact. Yeah. And if you noticed when Everton equalised, Ronald immediately just did that sign where it just closed everything yeah. in. You know, I, yeah, that's what I feel it's going to have to be for the next few weeks, months maybe, let's just see. But, you know, if you do that, you're going to pick up points. So, we're all for that, aren't we? I think that's what we've got to realise, that for the previous two seasons, we've had performances and we've been attacker-minded and we've been great to watch, but we haven't had results. Yeah. And that's why the manager got changed and now we've got a manager who wants results, not performances. Let's be last on match of the day every week. Exactly, yeah. and if it takes 1-0 every week, so be it, but it's about getting results football. Uh, the next question, I think I know what the answer to this is going to be, <laughs> is uh, Constantin- Constantinos Economou. Hope I pronounced that right. Uh, thank you. Uh, will Koeman retract his early comments and bring in Nias into the senior squad, <laughs> considering his goal-scoring form for the under-23s? In a word? No. No, I can't see it. Look, Umar, <laughs> Umar is, by all accounts, and we speak to David Unsworth regularly, his attitude for the 23s has been excellent. He's been training well. And yes, he scored what, about six or seven goals for the 23s, but I've watched him a couple of times this season and he's still not the player that we were hoping he would be when he signed for all that money in January. So I think we've got to trust Ronald Koeman's judgment on this. Now, he sees him on the training pitch every day and he's made it very, very clear um, publicly that he's not interested in reviving his Everton career at all. When we spoke to him in like a, a private briefing right at the start of the season, he was absolutely unequivocal that you know he wouldn't have an Everton future. And from what we've seen ourselves of him on the pitch, you've got to agree with that. I mean, he's just not good enough. Okay, fair play to Umani as for the way he's conducted himself uh, throughout this. You know, he's been ultra professional. Uh, he's not kicked off. He's not moaned. He just gave one interview, I think, where he said he doesn't really know why he's being treated the way he is. And you can understand that and have some sympathy with that. But football you know, is a ruthless business, unfortunately, and he's not good enough to play for Everton, and I don't think we will be seeing him play for Everton. Alistair McKinstry, uh, he asks a very specific question of why insist on starting with Cleverly, mentions something about getting rid of Deadwood, but also says that Holgate should never have lost his starting place, and which players are performing great in training but are dung on a Saturday? <laughs> 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 which is a very polite way of putting it there. Yeah. I think we'll start with... The Holgate question, because that goes pretty yeah. much that you want to see him. I was surprised when he lost his place, although uh, Ronald Koeman did refer to it this week, where he said that uh, when he brings players in, he wants to bring them in for the long term, not just for like you know fleeting appearances. And he will only use them when they're ready for that long term exposure, mm. which is why we haven't seen Tom Davis, despite him absolutely flying, you know, for the mm. under 23s. Which is why we haven't seen Kieran Dial, who apparently has been playing better and better the last few weeks. He wants players that are going to do it week in, week out for the first team, rightly or wrongly. Uh, so I, I was surprised when Holgate was, was left out because I didn't think he was doing anything wrong. But, you know, I bow to the fact that Ronald Koeman has much greater knowledge of uh, what's going on at the club than I do. Um, but I'm pleased to see him back in again because he's a very, very bright footballer. And, you know, hopefully I get a bit of a run now. Yeah, Ronald actually asked about Mason on, the, on yesterday at the press conference and he, and he, you know, was very complimentary but said, you know, look, the lad actually has had a dip. And I watched him for the 23s in that period when he lost his place, sort of September through October and into November. And he wasn't playing at the same level, but yeah. he's back now. But that's the thing with young players. Mm. They're up and down. So, you know, I think you've, it's difficult. We want to see more young players. And I'm absolutely in favour of Mason playing when and where possible. Um, 
And we want, as I said, we want to see youth blooded, but we've got to trust Ronald's judgment here. And I think, as you know, as frustrating as it might be for Tom and Kieran, etc., you know, I think he's got it right so far. Do you think, Phil, because we've got a manager that's solely persistent on results, it's going to be harder for young well, players to come he, through? He talked. He talked about pressure, didn't he? And. It, you know, it, it's it's all right saying these young lads are playing brilliantly for the 23s, but the pressure at Premier League level, especially at home when there's an expectancy, is is far greater, isn't it? Mm. And look, a lot of these lads might be chucked in and they might and they might swim, but Ronald obviously, as he said, he he watches them every week, every day, and obviously doesn't quite feel they're ready. Uh, but that's not to say that they won't be. You know, and he also spoke about the physicality and the muscularity needed to be in the Premier League and the type of football he wants. You know, he doesn't want to throw them in too soon and have an adverse effect long term. I was going to ask you about the physicality of it, Phil. Do you th- the, obviously, the kids have got ability; they've shown it. But is that where they're, they're lacking in the physique yeah, in the Premier that's, League? And that's and, and unfortunately, it's just got to be time, isn't it? Mm. And you know, these lads are in a rush. They want to be playing first team football. They've had a taste of it. I can understand why they're disappointed they're not involved every week. But the time will come. And I think it's just about growing. You know, you can foresee a situation maybe where he throws a young lad in and he just gets old-manned and out-muscled by somebody who's just bigger and stronger. Might not be a better player, but just knows how to, you know... It's like something like John Walters or somebody. Yeah. Imagine Mason one-on-one against Walters. In a, yeah. in a, you know, you could just see him being outdone. Nothing against Mason's yeah, ability. Yeah. But if he's playing three at the back... As we imagine mm. that he may do, he won't quite often be in one of those situations. Strikers, yeah. strikers will play on that yeah, one. Just yeah. saying, is it hypothetical? It's why we saw Wayne Rooney introduced when we did. Not only is he a footballing genius at the yeah. age of sixteen, but because he was a man, man you know, he yeah. was an absolute beast of a you know sort of man physically. You know, so they felt that he could get away with that. The other the thing, Hulk, sorry, the other thing Holgate brings though is energy to the back, oh, to the defense, yeah, yeah. which is something yeah. that. As Preno pointed out, you know Williams, Jagielka, they're not yeah, the youngest, yeah. and Funes Mori isn't. He's got all that going for him, absolutely. And as you say, his performance on Sunday was terrific. But again, it's it's whether Ronald feels we're in a situation where he can change formation. Because do you do you drop Seamus Coleman for Mason Holgate at the minute? I don't think you do. So you have to play three at the back. I'm in favour of it. Preno's in favour of it, but I don't think at the minute Ronald wants to play three at the back. Just touching on that one uh, briefly, Phil. Do you think if these kids? Aren't able to come to the first team. There's a possibility of quite a number of them going on loan in January. Then it's difficult because the changes to the loan system mean that you can't recall them. We're not able to use youth loans anymore, so it's a real fine balancing act. And a lot of the lads, you know, I've you know, I speak to John Joe Kenny recently and, and, and Liam Walsh, etc. They're all of the mind that if I'm training with the first team most days or most weeks, I want to stay. In right under the manager's nose, that if there's injuries, you know, we've got yeah. injuries this week, more might come in a busy period, I might get my chance. You know, it might not have been in the plans if everybody had been fit, mm. but if I'm still here, I can maybe force my way into the squad. Dominic Calvert-Lewin was in the squad the other week, wasn't yeah. he? Well, we'd have seen a lot more of Brendan Galloway if he'd have stuck around. Absolutely, that really yeah. disappointed yeah. me when I saw him, yeah. though, because he was so yeah. bright last season. But this is the problem now with the loan system. It's changed, yeah. and it's... it's they're more, a lot of the lads are more inclined to hang around on the off chance rather than going to your Barnsleys etc and not being able to be recalled yeah. final question then comes from Steve Forshaw and this is the one I've been waiting for Tony to get, <laughs> Tony to get stuck into and he's saying that um, why don't we play two halves the same Koeman changed things early in games when it was not working early in the season mm. but now he sits back and waits for things to happen this is why there's no atmosphere in the ground we need passion from everyone not just the crowd please give us something to cheer Passion would be a start from the team, not just from Seamus Coleman or Ross Barkley. 
I think I've well, we played 14, 15 games. I don't know how many more changes Ronald Koeman can do. He tries everything. He's, he's swapped wingers, he's swapped formations, he's changed tactics, he's changed goalkeepers, he's changed he's systems. He's start himself. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's tried everything in a small... Yeah, Ronald. In a small space of time, so I don't know what else he can do. He's played the big teams, he's played the small teams, but he's actually tried everything. He's had 4-4-2 last week, he's tried three at the back, he's played four three. He's tried everything. In a short space of time, so I don't think the fo- the finger can be pointed at Ronald Koeman. I don't. I think it's just the ability of the players and the character that they've got, just not not good enough. I think it goes back to Preno's point about is the message getting through anymore? I think there was definite improvement on Sunday. I think we've got to acknowledge that there was yeah. definite improvement. I think finally the players realised. Hang on a minute, we're, we're in a bit of a rut here. We need yeah. to we need to listen. Well, there was a first part to this question which I left off because it kind of was something we talked spoken about before, but. Steve says, I'd like to know why the same players from the beginning of the season have different attitude what's changed, which is what we mentioned before. Wouldn't we all like to know that? Yeah, I mean, it does seem to indicate that they were given that little bit extra because they were trying to impress a new manager and that you know, period is now finished and we're seeing the actual real true character of those players now, which is why I think we'll be seeing a few of them moved on because Ronald Koeman doesn't want you know, players of that character. Do you think it's fitness levels have got anything to do with it, Dave? Well, he actually said, didn't he, at the start of the season that he was unhappy with the fitness levels and he wanted to see that changed. I mean, it's been three months now, you know, so that should have been time to have got some level of fitness. They should be improving and... Was it, was it Murray who said you know some percentage he threw up last week of you know eighty five percent or something? I don't know, maybe I got that wrong. But um, it is clearly fitness levels have improved since the start of the season, but maybe they're still not quite at what Ronald wants because he's accentuated so many times. He wants to see them press, press, press high up the pitch, and we're not seeing that. And you know, God, the experience at Southampton was awful. You know, mm. they weren't even pressing outside their own penalty area. Yeah. So you know, possibly fitness is. An issue. It shouldn't be though. I think I think it's more motivation. Is it a yeah. bit of uncertainty amongst the players as well because they don't know what well, what they want, what the manager wants from them because uh, he is changing his mind. Initially, it was a, it was a fear factor, wasn't it, with Ronald? And strangely, you, know, you could almost I'm not saying you forgive it, but you could almost understand that if they'd been after the window shut in, in August, you'd understand if a degree of that fear factor left because players have gone well. Look, I've now got until the very least January. I'll still be. I'm still going to be in the team in the squad. But now as we approach the window, you think that fear factor would be back? Or is it a case of them knowing, well, he's not going to ship too many of us out because the squad's thin? I think it's a case of the players knowing deep down that the manager no longer wants them. And I think it's they've been told. I'm not reading... Listen, there's not an inside information on this. I just think that the players have been told by the manager brutally that finds a new club in January. And that's why you've seen a sudden dip in form. And it is the fitness levels as well. I, just, I, I look at Phil Jagielka and he looks shot. Uh, fitness levels has just gone completely and it's affecting his performances, obviously. Is that not just to do with his age, though? Because obviously footballers get to an age and he is, what, 34, 35? Mm. You know, your legs just tend to go overnight and certainly with the Chelsea game when he was trying to chase but, after Costa, it looks like his legs had just gone. But what's that? There's no excuse for him getting out jumped then. And it's been, it's been happening all season. Charlie Austin was bullying him the other week. It was just... I can understand if he's getting out jumped for pace, but getting out jumped by Diego Costa and Charlie Austin, that's not the Phil Jagger we know, is it? So I think his days look numbers as well in the Everton shirt. Doing the questions, Ian, they all... Uh, yeah, that's it, yeah. Well, before we, before we finish, obviously the podcast tradition to get everybody's prediction for the game. Uh, Doyle, we'll start with you. Everton at Watford, 12.30 kick-off Saturday. What will the score be? Watford will score one goal. 
and so will Everton. <laughs> Fair enough. And they'll stop scoring at that point. Excellent. Yeah. We all go home. <laughs> Tony? I think it'll be a bit of a kicker match. We've just seen Watford stats, haven't we, this season? The on the fair play league right up there Scotty's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is it, 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 we've just seen haven't they bottom of the fair play league bottom of yeah. the fair play league it's all got the most points so yeah I think I hate to agree with Ian for the first time I think it'll be a score draw Brennan oh it concerns me this fixture because Watford are such a hard working you know high pressing and you know resolute team Everton aren't doing that at the moment you, can, you could argue that Everton have got more quality in their squad but they've got to match Watford's work rate um, I'm going to be positive then. I mean, I probably agree with the pair of you. I think it'll be a tight game, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see a draw. But I think we'll see a little bit of a moment of magic from Gerard Delafay, who mm-hmm. got a pass one through for Lukaku, and Everton alleged it two one. I I think one all as well. I think you know Everton, the one all specialist of the Premier League, will get another one there. On their on their slate. One win at eleven then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, and uh, stay with the Echo online for all the uh, best news, verdicts, and analysis in the game on Saturday.